should act like men, and light beer should taste like beer. Uh, light beer, please. Sure. Do you care how it tastes? Nah, I don't care how it tastes. Okay, well, when you start caring, put down your purse and I'll give you a Miller Lite. Continuing. I don't care, I just got one of these. Well, that's the second unmanly thing you've done today. <laughs> Whoa, that's not a Miller Lite. Oh, light beer is light beer. Um, no, Miller Lite has more taste. I'll strike two. One more, I'm taking your man card. Hi, everybody. I'm Caroline King. And I'm Ashley Powers. And you're listening to Bitch Beer. What we want to do here at Bitch Beer is shine a light on the women who brew, market, distribute, serve, and love beer in the hopes that their stories will inspire the women and men who haven't taken the plunge. Craft beer doesn't have to be scary. Very rarely will you come across a gatekeeping hipster who asks questions like a troll who quizzes your nerd knowledge once he sees you in a Star Wars shirt. But why isn't it more openly female-friendly? Craft beer ads are rife with burly men lugging 50-pound bags of hops, and women make cameos as eye candy. To those on the outside, especially women, it can feel like a boys' club where no level of disguise will get us in. We hope by the end of this season you feel not only welcome, but unabashedly unafraid to drink craft. Hi, Brie. How are you doing? Hi, y'all. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> Thank you for doing this with us. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited. <laughs> so we met at Dames and Dregs. Yes, we did. You so were there fun. with Arches. We yes. are at Arches now. I guess I should say that first. <laughs> um, and you blew our minds because you guys had some pictures of looking into a microscope and we were like, please tell us what this is. So can you can you recap what you shared with us? Yes. So I actually brought the pictures and then realized yes. that y'all had seen them and they weren't useful to anybody else. Oh, we'll take <laughs> pictures <laughs> of the pictures. Okay, or, yeah, we'll, uh, I have we'll make tons of pictures of little circles. Um, so at Dames and Drags, we brought two pictures. One was of healthy yeast and one was of not very healthy yeast. Um, and so the idea is in part of my day-to-day job, or not day-to-day, I actually am only here one to two days a week, but <laughs> the day or days I'm here, um, I look in the microscope and I look at these yeast and I get a count of how many they are or are in samples. And then I'm looking at their health. And so that was the main thing that I was talking about at Dames and Dregs was you see these really plump, happy, round, you know, crisp-edged um, circles, and those are yeast cells. You can sometimes see into them a little bit more. You can see kind of some organelles or a nucleus or a vacuole or something. Um, and then in comparison, I tortured some, which I feel kind of bad about because they do <laughs> so much work for us, and I boiled them. Um, but I really wanted some sick cells to show people how you can tell live versus dead. So you do a stain with methylene blue, which is the first you know, kind of big indicator you're looking for. Color is easy. Um, But you can also see just by looking at their shape, overall just appearance. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of are like wiggly or you can actually see their insides spurting out sometimes like a breakage in that cell wall. Um, Or they just look kind of wonky. And I guess the the more wonkies you see, the more it's really easy to pick up because sometimes you have to make sure – they are fine, but they're actually budding or creating a new yeast cell that's going to do lots of work for us. And um, you have to make sure you know the difference between the two. So 
Yeah, that's I've been awesome. trying to do that for a while now. That's, that's so cool. I mean, well, and then kind of go into a little bit like exactly what it is you do here, Arches, okay. and then also what you do just in general and, and as your grown-up job too. Okay. <laughs> I have a fake grown-up job. I'm still in school. Um, I'm going to start there because I feel like it leads way to here. Sure. To here. Um, so I am in grad school at Georgia State University. What was supposed to just be my master's, I swore to my husband, um, is now my PhD. <laughs> So nice. I'm getting my PhD in applied and environmental microbiology. Wow. And so I mainly work with bacteria um, and sometimes fungus and mold in terms of treatment with bacteria. But what happened was I was here one day. I actually live in East Point. So I was like, there's a brewery near me. Oh, my goodness. I have to support them. So I ran over here. And Jamie and Jeff, two of our co-owners, were here. And they are both forensic chemists in their day jobs. That is so cool. And microbiology, which I found out after I had committed to going back to school for it, is a lot of chemistry. A lot of chemicals, a lot of molecules, a lot of reactions. I thought I was just going to be studying cute little things under a microscope. <laughs> and I'm a lot more chemistry, but I'm into it, so that's good. Um, and so we got to chatting about chemistry. I use a machine that they use in their day jobs. They're giving me some pointers and... I don't know what happened, but one of them, both of them were like, you should come look at yeast. And I was like, okay. Um, Jamie is does a lot of the everything around here. Jeff's main focus is the lab. And so I started following Jeff and kind of learning more about yeast. And so that's yeah, awesome. That was a year and a half ago. That's r- flew by. But oh, wow. That's a like, minute. <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems, I mean, that's pretty recent still too. It like, is. Yeah. It is. Especially in, since I don't come you know, every day. I'm normally here Tuesday mornings and sometimes a afternoon if Jeff's out of town or Justin's super busy or depending on what's going on or if I'm bored and <laughs> want to. You can find us canning here, me and my husband sometimes on a Friday night. That is so cool. <laughs> that sounds so fun. But so we kind of just help in any way we can. And we've gotten to really – I love this place so much. The people here are so good. So. We love it too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you we were talking. You were talking to us earlier that you were like, "Am I biased or is this place really just I that know. great?" I it really is try great. to keep myself in check with that because so I've always been a logger person. Um, well, that's not true. Ale is and lager, so I'll be here. Um, <laughs> I really like Hefeweizens. I really like Weiss beers. I really like Kolsch Pilsners. But I've always had like a special place for lagers, and I don't really like pale ales and IPAs that much. Just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I try them every time just to make sure. Still not my <laughs> thing. Um, Force myself to drink a delicious beer made by somebody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I came here and there was all these loggers, I was also like, oh, this place is for me. It's like they get me. And yeah. then I nerded out with two chemists and I was like, okay, I'm going to support this place. That's so awesome. Um, so yeah, I just kind of dove in head first. That's awesome. <laughs> and so when you first started with microbiology, was it sort of just kind of um, getting started with a brewery? Was that something that you wanted to do or was it just kismet? Ugh, kismet. Um, <laughs> so my undergrad is wildlife and fisheries. Nice. Um, I went to undergrad. I'm going to be pre-vet because that's what you were if you liked animals, you know. And when I got there, I immediately changed to like animal science and was doing farm work and all this crazy stuff that I won't go into because it's gross with some people out there. I thought it was really cool, like, you know, sticking my hand up a cow's butt. But oh my my, I think my roommates thought I was insane. <laughs> I would come home, like, covered and just ick, and they'd be like, I don't want to live with you anymore. You know? That's not true. Um, I wasn't allowed in their cars, but. Fair. That's fair. And then I realized I wasn't quite into animal science, as much fun as I was having, the mm-hmm. science behind, you know, breeding 
cows and species for, you know, meat production. And it got a little weird for me. Yeah. So then I found the Warnell School of Forestry and Natural Resources. And I was like, these are my people. So um, I got into wildlife and fisheries that way. And then really started heavily leaning towards disease. I had um, an amazing mentor when I was an undergrad, really two, but Dr. Sonia Hernandez, she does wildlife disease work at UGA. And that's when I kind of started looking at, instead of large animals, I got like smaller and smaller and smaller, where I was studying, you know, nematodes, worms, parasitic worms, and raccoons. I thought nematodes were just a thing on Doug Funny. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No. I totally thought, like, you know, remember yeah, Doug Funny? Course. Okay, cool. Like, sorry to interrupt you. And then you. the nematodes that eat SpongeBob's house. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was just a cartoon thing. I am no. so pleased that it's an actual thing. Thank you. Yes. Well, I was studying these worms, and then all of a sudden I was studying salmonella and birds, and I was really getting down into the microbial level. And so... I have this really cheesy thing on my LinkedIn profile, and it's like studying all the organisms, big to small, prokaryotic to eukaryotic. <laughs> I love them all. So, is that your LinkedIn or your Tinder profile? I'm LinkedIn. <laughs> she is married. I'm just kidding. I know. I've been dating since before Tinder was a thing. Right? I said that sentence Same. the other day, and I was like, ow. <laughs> makes me feel old. Um, but so, yeah, I, I really then got into wildlife disease, especially um, bats, white nose syndrome. So bats are dying from, it's not the fungus that's killing them, but causes of the fungus that's killing them. So um, I got into that and I was bartending after undergrad and had no idea what I really wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I loved my degree, but wasn't sure. And I decided to go back and start studying the microbes actually more so than, you know the animals or the organisms that they infect and where they're found. And so got into wildlife disease kind of stuff for a little bit. I'm now more doing more like bioconversion. So I'm working with bacteria to convert one chemical to another using enzymes, which is actually what yeast use to convert all the stuff. And beer, the sugars, they use multiple enzymes to convert it down to alcohol and carbon dioxide. So you can very easily see the similarities there. And yeah, that led me to nerding out one day with Jeff and Jamie, and the rest is history. Isn't that crazy how it's life works? So sometimes cool. you walk in thinking it's you're so just going to discover this new brewery new to you. And Which then you're was like, enough. I was happy with just that. You but. walked out with a job. <laughs> like, And it's been so amazing because everybody here, I mean, it's just the weird, not weird because, you know, but these sets of knowledge that people have. And the way that they overlap is just so cool. So Justin, um, the kind of lead brewer here, we laugh a lot because, you know, he'll be talking about the beer side of things and he'll say something. And I'm like, well, it's a metabolic byproduct. It's not just a, like, okay, Brie, I get it. You know, the metabolic pathways. And I'm like, well, but, you know, from that comes innovation and learning stuff and changing stuff and, you know, really understanding something that you maybe wouldn't otherwise. Right. So, I feel like besides the fact that I have fun here and am learning, it's kind of like a new way of putting stuff together, which I feel like my life is just a smorgasbord of weird skill sets smushed together because I have a few other jobs here and there. And yeah. Like that's awesome. <laughs> like what if you feel like talking about them? So I TA an animal bio lab at Georgia State. So nice. that's kind of how I'm keeping my animal knowledge prevalent in my mind because I'm so afraid I'm going to lose it. <laughs> right. um, I help run a nonprofit. I kind of assistant coordinate, co-coordinate a nonprofit. So National Geographic sponsors a geographic alliance in every state. So ours is the Georgia Geographic Alliance. Um, I got hired to put on a BioBlitz event, which is where you like take inventory of 
anything, all the species in a given area and create kind of a little community list. But I got hired to run their bio blitz randomly one semester and they were like you can stay on and I was like okay and so I've been doing that for since 2015 um I'm still known to pour a beer and shake a cocktail at Chaipani Decatur I like it yeah love. I've been there for over five years that's awesome I can't believe we've never seen you there we yeah. love that place I used to be there like all the days yeah but they still let me <laughs> I haven't been there. come I back to go sometimes there. it's so good, yeah I need girl. to go there it's yeah, so good it's so good the I know cocktails are good I love Indian food again oh, I might be biased but <laughs> so it sounds like a pattern with you of like because you were like I got hired there randomly and then they were like you can stay on and like my husband says I'm a job hoarder <laughs> I don't like to let go of anything that oh I but I feel like I have to share sometimes so I've I worked for Trees Atlanta for a little bit. I've been a sheep farmer in Atlanta doing prescribed grazing. That is I've so cool. Worked at the Iberian Pig for a while and learned oh, all about yum. fancy pigs and yeah, all kind of good stuff. That's fascinating. I worked on a dairy for a little bit one time. That was fun. That's awesome. But all of it has this weird science yeah. somehow yeah. in it and it all comes back together at some point. Right. <laughs> well, it is amazing like how science and chemistry and like microbiology, it, it really does have so many different paths that you can take into it. And I feel like us sitting down with you is really cool because we get to like explore one of those paths that maybe someone who's currently in school is like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just realized I haven't cussed at all, which is so not like me. Just my mom's going to listen to this and be like, I'm so proud of her. Um, We're going but- to church later. <laughs> Um, I think that's one of the really neat things. And this is something that I like to talk to undergrads about at Georgia State, because you go in thinking you ha- you're going to do this thing, but you really have no idea how many jobs are out there. Yeah. I mean, especially with microbiology, people will ask me what I want to do. And I'm like, I have to pick one. Like, I enjoy the science, obviously. So I didn't see we've my husband and I and me alone have had, you know, been a regular or helped can here or there or volunteered in a tasting room throughout my days of drinking age. But um, really finding this place and realizing the science and the lab work that I, I didn't know went on. You know, I knew like cores had lab people because mm-hmm. they're massive. So right. That makes yeah. sense. But you don't I didn't think about that every day lab work that goes on here. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I get to do you know, as needed and filling in. But, you know, I do yeast, uh, yeast, not yeast, yeast <laughs> vitality and uh, viability. So how much and how uh, healthy is it? Uh, we do one day beer tests. So after you pitch yeast into the beer, we check it the next day to make sure. So um, there's always graphs, I feel like are a curve. But so there's a growth curve for yeast where you have like a lag phase and an exponential phase. And you want to make sure that they're growing as fast as they need to and that you put enough in there. So for the next wow. day, I take a sample. And besides the fact that I check pH and gravity, you know, are we making some alcohol? Is the pH dropping? Or are we doing what we're supposed to do? Um, I look at the yeast to make sure they've doubled because yeast produce two ways, sexually and asexually. Mm-hmm. Right. And so asexually, they bud. They just create like a little blip it's actually called a blip when it's really small which i just think is perfect (laughs) i think it's b-l-e-b blip um but so they form this little blip and then you know it separates and i feel like it's very poetic and dramatic that the mother cell has a scar from her daughter cell forever i feel like i did that to my mom (laughs) so yeah i don't have kids but I feel like one day I'll sympathize with yeah. them for their, for their budding scar. But, um, you know, they, they'll all do that. So you should double within 24 hours. And so, you know, we'll take a sample to make sure 
Okay, we pitched this much. We're looking for this much. Woof, we hit it. Good. The beer should be fine. Because there are problems when you don't put enough yeast in a beer and it stalls. You quit producing alcohol. The yeast kind of go dormant. And that's not what you want. So, right. yeah. so if you've discovered that that's what's going on, is there a way to fix it? Add more yeast. Luckily, nice. it's an easy okay, fix. Good. That's awesome. So <laughs> that you've gone through this whole process. Yeah, you're no, like, you don't you have, have to, to throw be the it one all to away. open the door, like the war room. You open the door and you're like, Mr. President, it's fucked. Fair we God. have to start over. <laughs> Dump it. <laughs> and the streets ran with Southern Belle. No, no, no. <laughs> Luckily, it's a pretty easy fix. I mean, I guess unless you're out of yeast, but right, yeah. But the, this place is so on top of it. It's just like, all right. Yeah, it's also um, yeast kind of looks like a milkshake. A little bit when you have a slurry. Yeah. I took a picture to show y'all at some point. But um, so yesterday, uh, Justin got in recently an English ale uh, yeast strain. So he's really excited about that. And it has characteristics. So, you know, you have different strains of yeast. You have different species, right? So everybody kind of knows Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Um, yeah, I know that for yeah, sure. Yeah, which is the old school. I'm sorry, bless you. What was yeah. that? <laughs> Saccharomyces. So that's your genus. And then Cervaceae, gotcha. your species Cerveza, Cerveciae. I love it. And originally it was baker's yeast. I mean, you know, it was known. Oh, nice. That's what it was called. But beer, wine, baking, it's, it is our workhorse. I mean, we really use this yeast beyond anything (laughs) that's not true but um and then what happened was you had cerveciae and another strain made a new strain pasturanus or carlsborg genus and um now that's why you kind of have ale strains and lager strains so cerveciae is your ale species sorry and within that species you have different strains and so you have kind of variations of that strain and they tend to be specified or specific for beers so since i'm drinking queen's vice mm-hmm. and i've already told y'all but i'm definitely a hefeweizen mm-hmm. wheat beer fangirl um you know that beer is known for or that yeast is known for creating those metabolic byproducts or those chemical compounds that give it that taste so nice. cloves come from phenol, banana slash bubble gum comes from esters or isoamyl acetate, specifically an ester. There's tons of esters in the beer world. I don't know many of the names, but I know that one because I love Hefeweizen. But so that yeast strain is also known for just being crazy. It's just insane. It just work, 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 work. Like you have to kind of be like, please slow down sometimes. That is so interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so you have these strains that are so like, specified now kind of towards these certain beers and that helps you produce those overall flavors and aromas that you want so that's kind of where I feel like my knowledge is still going which is part of marrying my micro knowledge to the actual brewing knowledge which luckily this place fosters and I feel like we're constantly emailing an article or texting this or the other day uh Justin and I were talking and he sent me a picture like, oh, I said that wrong. Here's this. Here's a picture of a book. It's not right. Here it is. So, yeah, it's a good. And then you have other strains, right? So lactobacillus, that's how you make sour. That was going to be my question. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. And we're all drinking the quad. Y'all are, yes. Can you tell us more about science this? I have to be honest, not really. Fine. No, that's okay. Fine. <laughs> but it's it's the Pinot Noir barrel aged one, yes, right? Yes. Okay. So that was aged in the Pinot Noir barrels, and they have a good amount of stuff aging over there. So more to come. Very it's exciting delicious. things to and come. Also, oh. Also, yeah, you were going to say hi, ABV? 
Yeah, it is. 12.5%. We're chilling. And so the one thing I can say is like, so a quad ale, right? You're going to have a strain that is able to kind of survive higher alcohol content. Right. Because 12.5% is not a low alcohol content for something to live in, you know? Um, I think the range, I hope somebody doesn't like check me out there. (laughs) She was wrong. Um, I think it's 6 to 10% is kind of their normal I'm good, I'm happy. And lower, of course, that's kind of the higher range. Right. And so when you start getting higher and higher, you have to find strains that can tolerate that. Yeah. And so you have extremophiles, just like you do in bacteria and other things, you know, um, organisms or specific strain species in a set that can survive extreme circumstances or conditions, environments. And so extremophile, I guess, for alcohol. Which I feel like is me. So <laughs> how, did you, how did you get in, into beer? Just like you, Brie, the beer drinker. Like what got you into beer? Honestly, Athens. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't a huge drinker when my husband and I first met. You know, I had done my brouhaha 18, 16, 15, 18, 19 <laughs> We've gotten as early as two and three years old. Okay, you're, you're fine. fine. No, I, I've listened to, I think every, I didn't have listened to the new one, Reverend Al Sharpton, which I of course will be, but I haven't listened oh, to that great. one yet. Um, I actually met him at Dames and Drugs also. He he's took a best. really good picture of Ashley and I. I was like, post? I look really <laughs> <up> there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, of course I've had sips of my dad's Coronas and Budweiser's mm-hmm. growing up. Thought I was super special. Um, drink a lot of Keystone Light. When I was like a freshman and sophomore and yeah, yeah, dirty 30s. (laughs) And it was kind of just being a little bit older and kind of getting back into the drinking game. And my husband, uh, we had just met and he had this little bar he liked to go to in Athens called Treppenhaus. And it was um, kind of like a German style you know, beer garden, if you will. It had a little thing out front with like four tables and inside was real cozy and I think it was my first place being like a real regular too, nice. which I enjoy sitting at a bar and being a regular. Yeah, but, of um, it's always a good feeling. And I got into, uh, I'm gonna say it wrong. Why has Stefan? Why has Stefan? Their Hefeweizen and Koenig Ludwig or Ludwig, but started getting into those Hefeweizens because he was like, just start trying stuff, and if you don't like it, check or X, and if you like it, check. And I kind of worked my way through all their taps and figuring out what I actually enjoyed drinking. Because I think for a while, you know, as many have said and many will do, you think when you try one beer, I don't know if I like this, so I don't like beer. It was very easy to not know that there was this whole world of variety of tasting beers out there. Right. Not liking one doesn't mean you don't like all. And that's cool. Like, you could not like a beer. I think Mm -hmm. you still try it every now and then just to make sure. You know, I used to not like peas and I do now. So (laughs) I I will give IPAs a chance until until I'm going out. But, you know... For now, I don't, and that's okay. And yeah, it was fun. It was fun trying, but yeah. they used to serve. They served boots too, which was fun, and it oh. was just this little bar. And they're gone now, but I have very fond memories of that. That sounds awesome. So I drinking beer, and then working in the service industry, of course. Right. I've been working at a restaurant since I was sixteen. Even now, some shifts at Taipani, it's like can't give it up. It's so hard when, like, once you get into the restaurant industry, because it is so easy to, like, get back in it and then leave it and then come back to it. It's just, I think, who, I think it was, like, Warren Buffett who was even saying, um, if he were to ever, if he were to lose everything, he would, uh, and had to start over, he would be a bartender. He would just go back to bartending and just, because it's the best way to reinvent yourself and meet new people and, you know, it's, it's so great. It's so fun kind of having this, like, starting point, you know? 
you know, I have my best friend. I've known her for years. I love her. I've known her for years. I have my husband. I've known him for years. It's kind of fun having this like fresh start with people mm-hmm. on this very, you know, numerous amount or however you'd say that. But um, yeah, I've been at Chaipani a while now and it's very easy. They are very, I was getting married earlier this year and they were like, you want six weeks off? And I was like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I could do that since I had my PhD, you know, that job and everything. But They've been really sweet and letting me come and go. And I took a job for six months in Colorado working with uh, endangered species out there. And I left and came back and was like, hey. And they were like, well, we're already on the schedule. I was like, okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, being there and that's where I really kind of got into more so just what beers do I like. But the variety of beers that are out there, I really, I kind of uh, led the bar for a few years there when I was assistant managing and stuff in between my two school stints. And uh, I got to do the ordering and I got to have reps come in and meet people. That's how Sarah Young at Wild Heaven, I've known her for years. Oh, she was my her. rep at the time. That's so cool. She came by and we actually chatted and I hung out at Wild Heaven for a while and we moved farther away. But yeah, um, it's kind of a cool way to, and I love regulars and yeah. having them being one. It's just kind of this little family. and yeah. It'll be weird to one day not <laughs> James is gonna that's my that's my person, James. He's gonna murder me if I don't stop bartending at some point though. <laughs> it's like at some point you have one job and I'm like, well, two to three. Right. Well once someone spice it up. Yeah, once you have that PhD, this is my very scary question, but like what what do you plan to do? Yeah. Like, this is it. I I have a lot of I don't knows. Yeah. But I have a lot of I knows. Um I'm not gonna go into academia at this point. Now I'm like, maybe I could. (laughs) Probably not academia, just not kind of what I'm going for right now. Um, So the program that I am in is kind of focused on industrial microbiology. So it's funny where we talk about, um, you know, enzymes and yeast. You have enzymes in uh, the malt. So when you're actually making the mash and you're actually heating it up to release these enzymes that are going to break down the starches to become the sugars that the yeast can eat. Then you have the yeast that have all these enzymes that break down the glucose and maltose and make alcohol and carbon dioxide. Same thing in bacteria. I work with an enzyme. It's basically my life revolves around enzymes. Um, I work with an enzyme. I'm going to make you a shirt that says that. (laughs) My my life is enzymes. Um, (laughs) And they all have the most the easiest names like they're named after what they do and I feel like I can respect a system that is actually <laughs> makes sense you know the improve instead of being proof about it <sighs> all this classification of yeast and you know I'm teach classification of you know invertebrates and vertebrates when I'm teaching animal bio and I'm right. just I'm constantly like asterisk it probably is changed I don't know anymore <laughs> but with enzymes super easy so I work with an enzyme nitrohydratase and I actually convert a nitrile um, to an amide so acrylonitrile to acrylamide using bacteria that has high production of nitrohydratase. And acrylonitrile, you know, is cheaper. Acrylamide is more expensive. So it's also this It's kind of like, hey, make your own chemicals at home or in the lab, not at home, because it is very toxic. But <laughs> not at home, people. Do not do yeah. it at home. <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of like a little locally produced acrylamide system, and I'm blossoming that into my larger project. But just enzymes, enzymes everywhere. That's awesome. <laughs> Are you going to get people to call you doctor or no? So I've already <laughs> said that I'm really ready for that first piece of mail. So right now I'm still figuring out what I'm going to do about my last name. It's been over six months and I'm just keep saying I'm figuring it out. Right. <laughs> um, I'm really ready for that first piece of mail that comes to Mr. or Dr. and Mrs. And I'm like, 
<laughs> ready for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be mean, but I'm going to like, write a letter or something. You know, Excuse me, sir. Or <laughs> ma'am. Women can be doctors. <laughs> yes. And so I actually, um, the woman that I work for under um, the uh, Georgia Geographic Alliance, she has constantly, that's a thing that happens to her because she kept her last name and she's a doctor. And so, you know, people get very confused and they want to like, Mrs. So-and-so. And she's like, well, actually I'm Dr. So-and-so. You know, she's not saying that to like friends and everybody, but in certain settings. And it's funny, she comes up for her a lot. So I don't want people to call me doctor, but I might. I would. I might sign I'd put it. doctor on everything and be like, <laughs> excuse me, Publix cashier. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm just going to sign DR. So my brother is a nurse and his favorite line is, well, you're not a real doctor. And I'm like, it's fair. Ooh, I, I, I get where you're coming. I get where he's coming from in his. It's set in love. We're a, we're a tough you're love. You're more of a doctor family. than Ross Geller is. I'll yes. just say that. <laughs> I am kind of a Ross Geller doctor, though. <laughs> I'm a big nerd. It's not about dinosaurs. <laughs> about enzymes. Um, and my grandma's super confused. She's like, you're, she's like, you're the best nurse there is. I can't wait for you to be a doctor. And I'm like, none of that is true. But, That's not what I do. But I love you, I grandma. Do. And yeah. that is absolutely okay. <laughs> so when you're not nerding out on enzymes and doing one of your 12 <laughs> jobs. What do you like to do? Oh, it's funny. It's like I like to travel and I like to be at home. <laughs> totally understandable. Um, my husband is a big hobbyist, so I have turned into a mild hobbyist. Um, we just got our sailing certification, oh, our shit. 101. So, you know, we're taking out the tiny boats by That's ourselves. Awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, what else do we do? We I love we go to music festivals. That's nice. actually where we met. We met at a music festival in West Virginia. Aww. And we both happen to live in Athens because friends of friends of friends. And I met my best friend the weekend before at a music festival. I was younger then and could do more of them back to back without yeah. needing a week long staycation. Yeah. Um we like we run half marathons. I just got back from the rock and roll half marathon in Savannah. I did that with my cousins. That is so cool. That was fun and hung out with my parents for a little bit and yeah, we we travel a good bit. We've been a lot of places this year. Just uh, James's sister's in New York, so we went up there and saw Wolfpack play and did a nice. whole little New York exploration and went to Chicago for a conference uh, recently. I love Chicago. It I lived there so for six years. Fun. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite place. And I feel so bad because I always discounted it as a city. I was always kind of like, oh, Chicago's Chicago. Best. It's fine. You know, I just never thought about... It really. And then we went, I went with James a while back and then I went for that conference on my own, which is just, I don't travel on my own a lot anymore. And there's just this right. sense of like, it's nice too. Nobody knows what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just like all by myself in this, you know, foreign place. I, I could can be do doing whatever anything. I want. Looking up little dive bars oh and, my gosh, yeah. and stuff like that. We try to, because we enjoy drinking so much, we really try to center the drinking or or have the drinking be around a centered activity yeah so whether it's walking the dog a hike sailing boating i'm from savannah so i was a mermaid at some point i'm sure and (laughs) you know i i can like i can feel the water like dehydration when i haven't been in a while so we do a lot of water stuff kayaking we're big kayakers and yeah, anything that we can do to get out of the house. And then I'll be like, okay, we did too much. I would really like to stay home. We're, right. I'm there right now. I'm very happy in my home. And yeah. Clean. Like, like there's clothes everywhere. I have no idea what's going on. And Yeah. 
But now ben, ben and I are the same way of like, okay, we did one adult thing today. It's time to be home <laughs> yep. all day yes. with our dog. And yeah, totally, totally. I, I like, I like the way you phrase that of like, we love drinking. So let's do something yes. while we're drinking. Yes, let's make it active. It, it, you know, it's, it's got some calories in it you know? and yeah. it's not great for your body when you do it a lot. So mm-hmm. I like to think that I'm helping it balance it out by being Moving active along. and yeah <laughs> we do a lot of fires and stuff like that I love that that's awesome we like to cook really like to entertain I was telling y'all I'm doing Thanksgiving at my house I'm so Ooh, excited that's, awesome. that's so exciting set the table so it'll be your guys' first Thanksgiving hosting at your yes. place yes what it, yeah. what what do you do special to you tur- to your turkey for Thanksgiving or are you doing a turkey? So I was gonna say we do a, a small turkey. Ooh, uh, we did a, just a turkey breast the past couple of years. We're gonna do a real because we're having ten people, so we're gonna oh, wow. do a small turkey, and then we do duck. Mm. A few years ago, James wanted to do duck, and I was like, "That's weird." And then I realized it's a bird, and we're already eating a bird. Right? So Why not? is it that weird? Um, and it was so good, and so um. Last year, he brought it to my uh, family in Savannah. We did Savannah Thanksgiving last year. His parents and sister came also. And we brought the duck, and it was kind of – you could see people like, you brought duck. Oh, okay, another another bird, but that's cool. It was gone by the end of the night. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do duck again. And I might steal that. Yeah. I might steal that. It's also fun for something different, and it's darker, and it's a little more of that gamey meat you know so it does yeah. have a different can, flavor than turkey for sure and you can undercook it too because duck is like really good if it's like medium rare yes it's delicious mm, yes because nice. it's a because it's gamey it's like more like a antimicrobial it doesn't have like that salmonella or like right. what a chicken would oh, I, didn't. I just know that from i used to work at muss and turner's up in smyrna so oh. we did a bunch of duck up there See, i like knowledge. that that's marrying mm-hmm. micro to food because my food micro knowledge is not vast it's you know i'll, I'll put something on the fridge <laughs> like can I eat this? And James looks at me like, why are you asking me this question? Like, I have any knowledge that you don't have to right. back it up. And I'm like, I'm just going to eat it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Find out later. <laughs> but we make our own yogurt. So we've been doing That's weird awesome. micro yeast stuff since before we knew we were actually doing it. Right. But, so cool. Um, I wouldn't mind if it, you know, there's so many jobs I'm going to want to have, but I, I wouldn't, I could do some kind of brewery something when I got done that'd be fun it's not at all where I thought I would go um wildlife zoonotic infectious disease is still kind of my job you know yeah there and I'm like can I get there maybe competition and I'm gonna climb that hill but you know CDC of course being in Atlanta I'm like hey if y'all listen no (laughs) I've got a while but I, um, I know a couple people who work at the CDC, just okay. saying. A lot of people who work okay. at CDC are improvisers, like, in Atlanta. I know, like, three or four of them from Dad's Garage, and then I have another, uh, like, really? actually two from Whole World. So, yeah, just take an improv class, yeah. and you'll probably run a, into one of a them. A couple friends of Village Theater where I do improv uh, work at really? the CDC. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I might. I could... Mm. I could try improv. I don't know that I could do it or be good at it, but I could try it. No, you you would be great at it. My best friend says I could talk to a wall, and I'm sure I have at some point. I just didn't realize it. <laughs> she, sometimes she's like, we're leaving, we're leaving. But I'm still talking. <laughs> I met a new person. We're going to work together. <laughs> so do you and your husband homebrew at all? Have you tried it? No. So um, a few years ago, we decided, we he decided we were going to uh, distill Okay. kind of look into that and just get to know what was going on. Um, Didn't ever take off, as in we didn't ever do it, but we talked about it. 
Um, I don't know. I I would be into doing it. I'll be. I'm a very big overcommitter. So whenever I say like I should do that, I'm like, okay, Brie, where on your list does it? Look at your <laughs> like, calendar. There's no I'm free like, space. I could do it. I've also wanted to do kombucha because that's the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just dealing with acetic acid as your end product rather than lactic acid. And so I'm like, I could do that. Or I've wanted to. There's a a woman on Dream, you know, Dream Warriors, the Facebook page. No. Oh, um, I think I'm part of it. I, I think I might be, no. but I don't. You I don't go on Facebook anymore. So okay. yeah, I need. Yeah, I need. Yes. Okay. Well, Dream Warriors is a, and I, I want to make sure I say it right. It is open to female or identifying as female yes. or the a range. Um, uh, to females in Atlanta to join, and you can just like chat and ask about anything. And so, like Ashley and I often find each other on there. Like she'll comment on something, and I'll be like, "Oh, I saw your comment." Hey. hey. Um, but there's a woman on Dream Warriors who I actually took a a shelf building class from, uh, who does kombucha classes and has a bunch of scobies, and she gives them out. And I couldn't make the last one because I was out of town, so my eyes been on that. To see about maybe branching into kombucha, but I'm open to homebrewing because I feel like because of with your knowledge, you're already so much higher than like the average homebrewer who's like, let me try it out because like you 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 know what (laughs) that might make it worse though, you know? Right? (laughs) Instead, I'm going to be so busy writing equations, I'll never actually do it or something. (laughs) That would be me. Um, Funny. I think. I'm really enjoying because the brewing aspect of it has been foreign to me not so long ago. You know, I still have to I'm still remembering the pa- the path of brewing in terms of from the mash to this to this to the kettle to the bright to mm-hmm. and I'm still learning that part to speak so comfortably about it. Right. Um, but it's kind of fun getting to do it here. You know, they do small batches. We have a three-barrel system here. We have a little baby one. I don't even know what size it is. I mean, 1.5. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> but, you could hop on one of those like, if they're open. Yeah. But it's kind of fun seeing them do things and learning in that process. And then I'm like, call me when you need me to look under a microscope and I'll be there. That's so cool. <laughs> you were saying before we started that, like, sometimes the light in the room where you work will shut off on oh, you and you don't turn it back on because you love being in the dark. When you are staring at that microscope, what is your, like, ideal environment? Is there music? Is there uh, what's the what's temperature? Funny? I am such a talker, if you can't tell. Um, I am <laughs> such an extrovert. I know who I am. I love it. But I'm kind of a loner when it comes to my lab work. Yeah. I kind of... I think, too, because it's this very small accidents can mean big things. Um, It's kind of nice working in a brewery because it's not as – there are still things and cautions and safety procedures for sure. But working in my lab, like I'm dealing with a respiratory inhalant that is extremely toxic. It turns to cyanide in your lungs. There's no room for mistakes with that. Right. You know? And so I feel like, you know, I've got my micropipetter and I'm doing my micropipetting. This is my little, I feel like I, my little hand gesture. (laughs) And I'm under a hood and I'm just very focused because, you know, if you hit a tip on something and you contaminate it, you could ruin everything. Whereas here, you know, there's definitely still contamination issues with yeast and bacteria, which Mm -hmm. is something that um, I got to like write a list the other day of like, what would you want to see in the lab if we were going to get into bacteria testing and I was like we need this and this and this and this um so I'm hoping we're going to branch into some cool bacteria you know I hope there should be none but we're going to look into checking and testing and quality assurance of course right um 
So when I'm sitting in that room back there, it's so funny because on Tuesday mornings, you know, everybody's brewing. So I'm in there by myself in my lab or I'm in uh, there on an evening. And so I can hear the music and everybody's out here drinking and I can hear talking and I'm just in there with no music. And then so it's on a timer, the light, because I don't really know why. Energy it just efficient. is, yeah. yeah. Okay, energy efficiency. Um, and it turns off after seven minutes, which is not that long when you're doing a, a test. And so when you're looking in the microscope, when the light turns off, you can see a lot better. It really just, you know, because you don't have outside light flooding and obscuring yeah. your uh, view. And so it's kind of funny, like I was saying how yesterday Jamie came in there, one of our co-owners, he came in there and was like, Brie? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, are you in here in the dark? I'm like, mm-hmm, <laughs> I am. <laughs> And I just sit in there and then I have to use like the light from the microscope to write down my numbers. And because we use it's called a hemocytometer. And so you use it to count um, yeast cells. And so it's this little it looks like a slide like you would put under a microscope. It's thicker and it's got these channels and it's got a special cover made of glass you have to put on it. And you just put a little bit of your liquid under there, which is often diluted because, mm-hmm. you know, we're working with numbers in the millions and billions. Right. So like yesterday, I said 22 billion instead of 2.2. And Justin kind of looked at me and I was like, oh, I messed up a decimal. 2.2. I'm so sorry. <laughs> big, <laughs> big, difference. big difference. Big numbers. But so you do a lot of diluting, but you put it on the hemocytometer and there's these grids and then you count the grids you count a certain amount of cells in a certain you count your cells in a certain amount of grids and then you kind of extrapolate from there okay well how many cells are there all together how many did you count so you factor up for that then you factor up for your dilution and then I end up with this end number you know one point something 1.2 million cells per milliliter Mm -hmm. which is an insane amount um I we made a joke the other day I was stirring too vigorously and some like splashed on me and Jamie was like there's about a couple billion cells wasted I was like I'm sorry y'all um <laughs> it was like a little pinhead drop you know and then I give them that number and from there they use you know we have spreadsheets and all this stuff calculated now but they use um that number to extrapolate into how many pounds do they put into the beer and wow. it's really cool when you see your numbers work out so yesterday we were looking for a number between 30 and 35 million. So this was a one-day test. Mm-hmm. So we started with about 15 million per mil. We wanted that to double, so we were looking for 30. And I came in, and I was like, 33, like right in the middle of that range. And it was kind of like, yeah. That means I did it right in the beginning, and we pitched it right, and everything went well, and they're happy, and they're you know, in awesome. active fermentation and reproducing, and you see all these little buds, these little baby daughter cells coming off. And they're pretty – I feel so like cool. I have a relationship with yeast now, which – Sounds weird. No, Ashley started calling me yeast mama at one point, and I was like, "Please don't. Let's not." I like it as the science (laughs) side, but I was like, "If people don't know us and what I do here, Mm, yeah, south, South. real south, yeah, if you get what I mean, we're not doing that." So I noticed there's a big tap hand out there for keg, a keg divided. So, yes, yes, I forgot they had the special wooden. So um, <laughs> some uh, brewers came down or up from down from Bold City Brewery and they did a where are they, where are they Bold located? City Brewery. I don't actually know. I should okay. look that up. Google. Yeah, Google it. I got it. Um, they came down and did a keg divided. So it was a pale ale that was soured. 
Whoa. And so the special part about it is that they brought down a yeast strain. So it's Saccharomyces cerevisiae, so an ale yeast, pale ale, that's what it was. Um, but it's called Kvyek. I hope I'm saying that correctly, K-V-I-E-K. Okay. So like pronunciation is half of being terrified in my job. <laughs> between latin and this and german now and belgium and, yep. but this is actually from norway so it is a old school farmhouse yeast strain Whoa. that is taken from where this strain comes from in norway that's so cool yeah and they happen to have some and so that they brought so it down cool. And they did a, a joint collab, collaboration. That's the nice. word I want. They did a collaboration brew. So it's hoppy, bitter, but then you have this sour aspect to it. And I will say, as somebody who has said like three times on here, I don't like pale ales. I love that beer. So. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> have you had a chance to peek at it under the microscope, what that yeast strain is like? Yes. Oh, I did. And I took pictures. Yes. It was a little different looking, but not too much. You, you see pretty same physiology against most yeast species and strains i just like i want to be there the moment that you're like surprised by something there's like a new thing you've never seen well, before so and you're like, like oh my gosh the other day i think i noticed this and this is i haven't checked up on it or anything but um so i'll say this is an observation not a fact but um i was noticing how the yeast that i was looking at in the one day test that i did so it's in beer it has glucose, it's happy, it's eating, it's reproducing, it does all the things it wants to do. It was like really fat and plump looking. And then I found, or I did a bio, vitality and viability check. Um, so those, when you're not using the yeast, when you take them out of the beer, you put them in, they're called brinks, but they look like kegs, mm -hmm. and you store them in there until you need them again. Because yeast is used over and over again. You repitch, you use it again. Um, hmm. And I noticed when I looked at that, they didn't look bad. They looked fine, but they looked not as plump and happy. And I was like, oh, well, that would make sense, right? Because A, they're in the cold, so you're keeping them dormant. Mm -hmm. B, you're not supplying them with all this mash or wort and sugar. And so it kind of makes sense when you're dormant and you just get a little, little scraggly. You're not quite so. You know, it's like bear at the end of hibernation. Yeah. They look just a little skinny and they're fine, but they're just waking up and a little groggy and sleepy and a little hungry and I was like I wonder if that's what I'm seeing and I, I have to look that up or talk to somebody here and see if they've noticed it or if maybe this is a thing there might be tons of like people listening to this being like oh yeah duh. But <laughs> that's kind of how because I haven't been you know and because I feel like I, I spend so much time at school and afterwards having to look up bacteria and all this stuff that I don't get to study the yeast quite as much as I want to and so mm -hmm. sometimes I like stumble upon something that I wouldn't have necessarily known so I have to remember that just happened yesterday, so I have to check That's on so that. That's so cool. Hey, it's it's recorded for posterity. Okay, just to it, remind you, <laughs> nobody else has noticed it. And so then, um, my husband and I actually are working on kind of a computer program, and I can't talk about the programming part about do? it at all. Like you could tell me, I'm breeding <laughs> rhinos in your backyard, and I would believe I, it. I actually took a class on tranquilizing rhinos one time. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, it was a huge right. class on rhinos, but part of it was using a blow, a little like dart gun and there was a fake rhino out in the distance and we had to like practice <laughs> i won an award um for having a good shot and it was That's like a so little cute. gold rhino on a little platform oh my gosh i still have it i literally pulled my any office. animal out of my ass and it was still applicable That's crazy. I, I have it in my home office up on a thing and i'm like oh yeah because no. so cool. i worked at uga that hospital when i was an undergrad so I worked in a small animal anesthesia and OR and was just doing orderly stuff, you know, making flush and cleaning and restocking. But 
yeah, they offered this class, and I was like, okay, that's awesome. Why not? I like Put that, that on your knows. LinkedIn. What are you talking I about? I should. Yeah, that's one of the big organisms. <laughs> Did you figure out where that yes, brewery is located? I, I, I didn't want to interrupt because we were talking about rhinos. Um, <laughs> Bold City Brewery is from Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, yep. so up, awesome. not down. They okay, come up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good day. Um, I wasn't here for it, but I know that they had fun working <laughs> with those guys and. That was actually the night I threw a surprise birthday party for my husband here. So That's they were so here cool. when we got here, and then they went out and were doing stuff. And, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so is there anything that, that they have asked you to, like – take a peek at that's a future project that you're allowed to give us like a sample of, of like what's what's upcoming if that's not hmm. applicable then fine just thought I would ask yeah I'm like I know we have so did y'all get any of the logger doodle the first time yeah. it came up okay I think it. Ashley told me y'all did um I actually just tested that yesterday and so we could try it it just still has yeast in it but it's okay um yeah. I feel like the first time Ashley looked over and I was sipping something that was like she was Cloudy. like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just tasting it. Because, you know, these compounds that I was talking about earlier, these byproducts of um, the yeast's metabolism, they give us all these flavors and tastes that we want. And so, you know, when you're brewing something like a lager, you have problems with diacetyl, which tastes like movie theater popcorn. Oh. And I also, I'm self-diagnosed, but I have that synctinax, what is it, mm-hmm. where you can see mm-hmm. tastes. And so I have that almost more than I can taste the stuff. Wow. And so it makes sense though, right? Butter's round. I feel like that makes sense because it's like a warm. Yeah. So it's round. Anyways, so we taste, we do diacetyl tests. So you take a cool sample and you warm a sample or a room temperature sample. You warm a sample and then cool it down and you smell both of them to see if you smell movie theater pop, butter popcorn or just the butter, I guess. But, um, and that lets you know. So Saccharomyces will eat diacetyl. Saccharomyces cerevisiae because it's more common in loggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens is if you have um, notes of that, you just let the beer sit a little bit longer and the yeast will finish breaking it down and they'll get rid of it. But you have to check along the way. So we brought out – that was a long thing to say. I tasted lager doodle yesterday. It was only on the first day, so it wasn't even four compounds, but that's where that went. Um, <laughs> and so lager doodle yesterday, that was the one that my my count was really good for. So. That's awesome. <laughs> um, we're doing a new one of those, though. Ooh. It's a berry, but I don't know if I can say what, what kind of berry. Oh, I don't you- know if there's sneaky – Secret. How about you say it, and if you weren't allowed to, we'll cut it out. We'll cut it out. Blackberry. Okay. 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 That sounds delicious. delicious. So the first one was a strawberry milkshake lager, and so this is going to be a blackberry milkshake lager. Hell yeah. The first one was so great. It was so good. I'm so excited because I love blackberries, but I hate eating them because of all the seeds. Yes. It really bothers me. Yeah, they get, like, stuck, like, right in the – I have a permanent retainer, and they go straight to it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds – even but I love blackberries. Blackberry. But the taste is so good. Yeah. So I'm really excited. So we can try something that. Yes. I told Justin to get us a little. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yesterday he came over and was like, test this. And then afterwards he told me what it was. I was like, cool. <laughs> All the yeast. Yum. So do you want to do our, our fun yeah. rapid fire questions? So um, how old were you when you had your first beer? Did we, I, I know we were talking a little bit we about it. We talked about it. But I honestly don't know. Okay. Probably like. Three, four, five. And that's a taste of beer. Yeah. Right. You know, I would say first full beer, like 13, 12, yeah. 13, 14. I like to have fun young. You're talking to uh, yeah. <laughs> girls that did it yeah. too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I act like it's embarrassing for some reason, but I had a lot of fun, so. Yeah. Zima, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. And mine was, I went through a Jaeger phase in high school. Ooh, all of us did. Why? <sighs> I Jaeger, they're, I feel bad. They're, I don't know that they're a good company, but I just, yeah. there's no place for in my life for them anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't do it. Ugh, I don't fair. enjoy that at all. No, Disgusting. I love like Fernet Branca. Yeah. Oh, I will totally drink some Fernet. Yeah. yeah. That's such a restaurant industry thing, it too. Is it's like a restaurant industry thing. Shots and it's like three in the morning cleaning up and, yeah. um, the chairs. Victory. <laughs> they used to have, they got rid of it and I almost teared up. Their spaghetti western. Mm. It was a Lone Star with Aperol and a little lemon in it. Mm. It was like one of my favorite favorite is that a cocktail is it a beer i guess it's both a beer tail right yeah i think that's better than cocktail. yeah <laughs> i'm going the other way with that name <laughs> i also blush a lot so like i oh, just I'm felt like, my whole body radiate red when no, i said I'm that like, i don't like, know why i'm blushing i'm hi, fine hi mom <laughs> my mom will love it she's <laughs> she's who i got my mouth from yeah um same uh, but it was, yeah, Lone Star with a little bit of, I love Aperol. Love Aperol. Mm. That's my favorite drink at Taipani's tequila and Aperol and Ooh. rose cardamom. Ooh. Oh, so good. Well, speaking of favorite drinks, if you unfortunately found yourself, first of all, if you found yourself on a deserted island, you'd figure out a way to get off <laughs> yeah. between everything that you know and find learn. the nearest rhino uh, and tranquilize it and, and ride it home. Like how much I know about science. I know rhin- <laughs> rhinos live on islands. <laughs> But if, but if for some reason you were stuck there for a little bit and you could only have one case of beer, what would it be? <sighs> okay, I'm on an island. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, see, I'm getting too logistical about it. <laughs> Honestly, I'd probably want the Weihestefen or the Koenig Ludwig Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. I'd want to take it back to my roots so that I'm feeling happy, nostalgic, and I'm not, you know, depressed about the fact that, A, I'm alone because I would be so I – would, I would talk to all the trees at Yeah, that of point. course. That you would, would be, be Tom bad. Hanks and Castaway. <laughs> I would totally <laughs> be Tom Hanks and Castaway. I was like, I empathize with him. Yeah. No, I understand. Poor Wilson. Um, Ser- if, no, seriously, like day three of Desert Island for me, it'd be like me having a tea party with a bunch of fucking coconuts. Yeah. Like, you'd terrible. You draw some faces Naked, on. scratches <laughs> everywhere. Like, how did I get here? I would be, I'm a total naked person. Yeah. Oh, I think I would be too. I think it's such a good, I love it. Like, J- James's brother has now started popping in sometimes. And I'm oh. like, hey, bro, this is a naked house. <laughs> like, I love you so much. You have to give us a heads, heads up. up, man. We are very naked people. <laughs> I need people. at least three minutes to put <laughs> yeah. clothes on, please. <laughs> I'm just asking for a quick text. <laughs> but I could see myself naked with imaginary friends on an island with a bunch of Hefeweizen. It'd fill me up, too. You know, mm, unfiltered, yeasty, yeah. wheat beer. Maybe, maybe not. Hungry? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, what's your guilty pleasure TV? I thought about this one. It's definitely The Office. So good. It's just, yeah. I've watched it so many times. Yeah. It's always on Comedy Central. It's always right there on Netflix. Yeah. I just play it. So because a lot of, you know, I take have to take home a lot of work. You know, between I, I grade for a few teachers on campus. So it's like when I get home, it's only like what's a task? I have to, you know, a house task, dinner, a work task. Then we can worry about, you know, chilling or whatever. Right. Um, and I just turn on the office like it's background music. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it works better for me than actual music because my husband's a big music person. So we both also – he listens to podcasts a lot. And mm. it's funny because his dad does the same thing. But we both just basically walk around with big earphones on headphones because mm-hmm. I have really small ears like really small you do they're, very they're delicate really small and, cute. and then I put all these piercings in them so <laughs> earbuds don't fit in my ears at all so we have these big headphones on just like, yeah. <laughs> and we we have one off so that we can still communicate and interact but we just kind of both have our own little thing going and that's cool it's us that's and the exactly dog yeah what we do yeah hey, gotta got be productive in those hours <laughs> they disappear yeah. 
Um, so I would say The Office. I often do it about once a year. Do a Gilmore Girl rewatch. <gasps> <laughs> I love my Gilmore Girls. Oh my gosh, I love them. James says like I. He's <laughs> when I start watching it again. He's like, if I hear Lorelai's voice one more time, <laughs> he can hear her. He's like, is that Lorelai? I'm like, it is. It's it time. Is. It's that time of year. Thank you. I, my, mine for me is, is is Friends. I just finished my second watch through of it ever. I just did my second too. Yes! That's why I, I'm so I'm like the Ross joke I got. Yeah. I got well, so so I wanted to bring up Ben slipped me a very clever note after I said like you're like Ross Geller. He said you study things older than dinosaurs. <gasps> Damn. Which is very true. What? Yeah. yeah. Very, well, very I true. love the whole, so um, dinosaurs brings me on to this. There are so many, people always think of dinosaurs as like the the ancient being. And um, I do this event. I help run Atlanta Science Festival for at Georgia State for the geoscience department. Because uh, of course you do. Because, because, because yes. um, And so we're getting ready. We're just now starting for next year. And, um, <laughs> I love it. One of the things <laughs> we do is this event at Discovery Day, which is at Georgia State. Um, Atlanta Science Festival, first off, is awesome. Sounds if awesome. You haven't I been. need to be there. They have stuff for kids, adults, angry teenagers, happy teenagers, preteens, all of it. Um, but we do this event called Discovery Day specifically at Georgia State. And one of our events is called the Dino Walk. Excuse me, beer. Um, <laughs> CO2, it's a byproduct. Um, that and all That's the like talking. That's like the most way to burp in my whole <laughs> that life. That and all the talking. I don't stand a chance of not burping on, on is it tape? On recording? It, on recording. film? How would you phrase that? I'll, I'll sound fancy and say on air, which is totally okay. live. It's not actually live. It's like broadcasting um, to anyone right now. On air. <laughs> um, but Dino Walk. So we uh, put down life-size dinosaur tracks, and I actually had to figure out all the math and, like, do um, a stride length and how long it takes. And what we do is we That's give so the kids cool. pencils and tapes, and they measure them, and they try to say – is this animal walking, running? How big is their foot? How long is their stride? And so, you know, that for smaller so kids, cool. it can be like a dinosaur foot. Put your foot in it. That's cute. Wow. Or it can go more intense into actually doing the math and figuring the stuff out. But so this past year, I wanted to add some facts just because so many people, the whole dinosaur thing, they're like sharks are older than dinosaurs. So are insects. And so I had all these fun facts. Speaking of older than dinosaurs, I had all these fun facts about like, insects and sharks and rays so chondrichthys cartilaginous fish they've been around for like 500 million years yeah that's amazing they've changed a little but yeah. they were around and all the microscopic things that you study that's cartilaginous been fish yes the beginning of time and so a really cool thing about saccharomyces cerevisiae is that it is actually thought to be like a a pretty close and, and close can still mean farther away. I'm not sure what the genomic closeness is, but it is a descendant of like the first believed yeast to be in this being <laughs> 10,000 years ago, I think is what they said. I just read that in a book. Um, That's so cool. So supposedly it's one of the OG yeast out there. And it makes sense because it does a lot, you know, besides the fact that I read somewhere that um, it was saying like, how yeast is kind of like a domesticated animal or something. And I really didn't like that because <laughs> there's still so much of it out there. You know, like Saccharomyces cerevisiae was found originally on grapes, which wine, fermentation, mm -hmm. alcohol. And right. so it makes sense. But it's like it's still out there. We didn't domesticate it. We're letting yeah. it live its life. It's still free. We're just yeah. using it. A lot. It's cage-free. I know. We're not, very much. Yeah, we're not teaching it how to sit. Right. And like <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of fun, too, because, you know, yeast are more related to us than, like, bacteria, which 
didn't know that goes across i did not know common logic i guess right yeah so bacteria are prokaryotic right so no organelles no nucleus yeast are eukaryotic they have organelles they have a nucleus so they're actually more closely related to us than they are bacteria which i just would have they're single-celled we're multi-celled right but we're just a bunch of eukaryotic cells made up so right so basically we're beer we're beer Mm mm-hmm Yep, our, that's why our insides can, you know, get... No, I don't, I don't think there's a line there, but um, I think that's kind of a cool part of what all of these weird jobs and stuff that I've done. Like, it really kind of is nice to see this overall picture of what's all out there and how it's related and how it's interweaved and evolved and all this different stuff, you know, I think. That's I'm awesome. just going to keep that's learning amazing. and at some point probably get a job. Yeah. A full-time job, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you can't get a full-time job somewhere, none of uh, us, no one can. <laughs> no, we no one can. Um, so if you could have a beer with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and what do you think they would drink? Yes. Okay. So I thought about this question. I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. I don't like questions like these. I get very overwhelmed. Fair. I get, it's, I get it's a too tough like, uh, I'm not going to pick the right answer. What if it's not a good one? Not that that matters. I'll think of a better Why one later. Care? But I'm going to take it to my family. Okay. So my grandpa, Devoy, on my dad's side, and my grandma, Louise, on my mom's side. Both partiers. I get it <laughs> I naturally. Uh, grandpa, I'm not actually sure what he liked to drink, but I know he liked to drink and dance to Bad Bad Leroy Brown. And my grandma was all about some scotch and Diet Dr. Thunder. And I never, oh, got, to have, Thunder. <laughs> I never got to have a drink with either of them. And... My grandpa died when I was seven. My grandma, I was an undergrad, but I hadn't, you know, it was still that child grandparent. I just wish that, like, I could do it now as an adult. Totally. And be like, tell me some stories, man. I know you got them. My grandma, I heard some of the stories. (laughs) My grandpa, I'm hearing some of them more now. But I think that's where I would take it rather than somebody else. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I like that. What color do you think you look best in? So, green. I can see that. Because I have some rosacea. So my favorite colors are purple and green. And, you know, there's a spectrum of purples and greens. Totally. But the other day, uh, Ashley, for Halloween, she had a Halloween party here, which was fun. Because this place doesn't feel like I'm going to a brewery anymore. It feels like it's, like, not a second home, per se. But, like, I come here to just hang out with my friends. Because yeah. they're here and that's they're working. Great. And now I feel like a job that yeah. you're going to. Well, that's why, like, Justin knew. So I was here last night actually interviewing Jamie for a, a blog that I'm writing about water. And then tomorrow night, I'm actually meeting with some CDC fellowship fellows and a woman who runs a program there. And we're just going to chat and I'm going to give them a tour and all this stuff. But so Justin was like, well, now that I know you're going to be here, I need a one day test and a vitality on Wednesday. And I need a one. Like it's now becoming. But so back to Halloween. Ashley had a Halloween <laughs> party um, and she had a, a live screen printer, ink printer, screen printer Whoa! that does the T-shirts. Holy shit. And I've already talked about how much I like bats and I've done work misnetting them and, you know, wing punches to study how the fungus can live off of the lipids on their wings and all this stuff. And he had a bat one. And I was like, buying this shirt, definitely buying it. And I really wanted the purple. And Ashley came out and was like, you look better in a green or blue. The compliments yeah. red. So now I know. Yeah. Despite the fact that I want to buy my favorite colors and I still will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I now know it compliments me. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I love it. Because they actually sell like green blush. Have you ever seen that? I've oh, seen yeah, green color corrective yeah. stuff. Oh, is that not blush? I don't. 
I put on mascara for y'all. You <laughs> must, don't need makeup. <laughs> I was about to say, you have the most perfect, beautiful, like, skin. Your skin's so clear. Yeah. Um, Thanks. I'm also, see, I'm bl- now it's going to turn real red. Here comes the blushing. Girl, the Irish girl here, I blush over nothing. I get so flushed. But yeah, so yeah, green color corrective. So yes, like, if you okay, have blemishes and things, yeah. you put it on there as like a concealer because yes. it flips it. And then once you put your foundation over it, it, it See, and that's yeah. science. That, Colors, absolutely. Cord, you know, yeah. compliments. Science for everybody. Science for everyone. The science science is for all. And so that's the blog I'm writing is actually um, through Science Atlanta. Mm -hmm. They started a fellowship program. If anybody's looking for something, you should apply for next year because I got a spot this past year. And it's really been helping with communication in science, which is super important. Because Mm -hmm. when you start talking about acrylonitrile and bacteria and enzymes, sometimes the people just haze over and they're like, "Uh uh-huh, cool. Um, but this, the blog that they run is called The Awesome Science of Everyday Life. And so the first one they ever did, I believe, was Orpheus. Ooh. And so they were doing, um, looking at their lab there and just brewing beer and the science behind that. So I'm taking like a water part of it. And so going to do awesome. like water and how it's everywhere. And I think we know how important it is and how much we need it, but we don't realize what all's in it and what all's it's used for and the issues, you know, part of studying microbes is looking at, um, how would you say it? Water treatment. Excuse me. So water treatment is often used, it can use bacteria as a way to break down. So, um, like in the petroleum processing, uh, system during petroleum processing, you create a lot of toxic compounds. And so you can use bacteria like I am to change those into less toxic compounds to then go to a water plant to be treated but just it's everywhere it's so insane let us know when that gets published so that we can read it and share it for people who are interested yeah Yeah, so jamie here is actually going to be a part so i the hydrology professor at georgia state dr sarah ledford and then jamie uh he's doing the part i didn't know how much he cared about water until we sat down yesterday and he was like i remember my grandma's house and i was like whoa here we go taking it back yep but there's actually a lot of stuff in our water besides just hydrogen and oxygen, right? There's mm-hmm. salt, there's ions, there's mm-hmm. all this stuff from the ground. and that Fluoride. Leads to, yes. This, yeah. Yes. So besides naturally derived minerals from going through rocks and sediment and stuff, you then have stuff we put in it like chlorine and fluoride. And he was telling me all this stuff. And it's funny because I think a lot of times – I've, I've heard people say this. I don't feel like I'm generalizing, but people are like, I just want pure water, you know? It's like you actually don't. Like deionized water was, would be gross. I haven't tasted it because you're not supposed to. And I follow lab safety, but <laughs> I feel like I want to. I've heard it's really gross. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't think about it that I way, right? You wouldn't it. because you think pure water. That's what I yeah. want, you know? Well, so then, and this is, I can't spoil my blog too much, but Jamie was telling me about how like, water like frozen on the top of mountains that's why like certain people think that like climbing to the top of a mountain and getting like that's fresher water because it hasn't gone through all the rock and sediment and made its way down and then gone here and it's you know rained frozen so uh we have in colorado we have family it's james's side and we call them there's the city cousins. There were. There were the city cousins, the foothill cousins, and then the mountain cousins. <laughs> and the mountain cousins, one of them, Ted. So James's family on his mom's side is all really tall. James is average at like 6'4". And so Ted is He's average, average at 6'4"? Yeah. 
So wow. Ted's one of the tall ones. Oh, man. And Ted, like, gets his water off of the side of the mountain with, like, a jug on his shoulder. And he let me – one time he was like, I'm going to go get water. I'll be back. And James was like, Bree probably really wants to go get water with you. And I was like – yes <laughs> i was like yeah, i'm going show me that's so cool and we just like yeah i just held this jug to this water and collected it and, and it was freezing right because melted snow and yeah but just things you don't think about it's it's everywhere i love it that's awesome I'll figure Very out cool. what i'm gonna stick to at some point yes <laughs> or not no it's beautiful yeah, you have so many do, interests uh, yeah whatever you want you just tranquilize rhinos you like yeah you talk about like you, no i would love to it. actually see well i've seen a rhino but so the place that did the class was um a wildlife preserve in africa the uh Ooh. man that was years ago is it kruger it's one of the big ones they oh that's the one kruger, where the, right? the um where the lion and the the um Oh, gosh, what was it? It was like the crocodile got a hold of the wildebeest and then the lion and they oh, were fighting over the, that wild, the baby. Yeah. Yep, that's okay. So they and they worked there and they came over and did so this. Cool. I don't really know why, but I'm like, no, I have to go to Kruger National Park one day to see mm-hmm. these actual rhinos that they're. I'll go with you. Yeah. I really want to meet elephants, too. Of yes. course. That's one of my big one. Yeah. You guys they're have to so tell. After cool. we wrap up, he just was at an elephant sanctuary for two <gasps> for two weeks. So. They're so intelligent. And they've got this system. And it's the same. So bees are having um, fungal infection, fungal yeah. infectious disease issues. So I was looking at uh, Nosema and a few species of those very briefly when I first got into the lab I'm in now. But um, they have that same kind of colonial system of and it's just really cool with elephants like the older moms to the younger and they all have a job and the way they work together and the way they mourn and i just feel like there's something about like looking in an elephant's eyes that you would i think i would feel something from it so for sure i want to do it yeah aldo leopold uh one of the first kind of wildlife biologists uh, a Sand County almanac it's a really good book if you haven't read it and you're into this stuff but um he talks about how they were killing uh, wolves at one point to save um, deer. And he talks about when, as the wolf was dying, like he saw the green fire like going out in its eyes. And it's this really intense sentence. And I just feel like I would get something that intense from an elephant. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, Absolutely. I, I respect you. And That's we are of the same intelligence. Yeah. 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 And then there's got to be something microbial there I can relate it to so that I can, <laughs> whoever I'm working for, I can make them pay for me to go. I'm going to take home a special species of. And so that's the thing you get with yeast is sometimes you get this very, so lager yeast, uh, Saccharomyces pastoranus. One of the reasons it's really cool is um, by the time that it was really getting popular. So Saccharomyces cerevisiae is super old, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Saccharomyces pastoranus, I really think, became popular like in the 1500s when loggers were first kind of being developed and coming around. And, you know, there was a lot more science available in the 1500s than 5,000 years ago because that's like Mesopotamia days when they think beer got started and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, somebody actually went in like got a single yeast cell of Saccharomyces pastoranus and then propagated it from there. So it's a very pure culture. And so you get a lot less finicky issues. You get a lot less of varietals too, though, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes sense, though, when you look at how many varietals of lagers or ales 
there are telogers. Right. I think I don't know that that's a fact, but I haven't seen a paper on that yet. I'm just saying <laughs> there's no evidence. Walk but into I'm a think, beer shop, you I'm can thinking, see. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, from stouts to hefeweizens to IPAs to everything. It's yeah. very wildly different. Yes, than yes. Lager. But it's cool that somebody thought to do that. Yeah. I mean, and so cerveza, a lot of the things I feel like there's like a there's always controversy in you know, and good controversy in science where somebody's like, no, it's this. And somebody's like, no, it's this. And, you know, everybody gets up in arms. But um, a lot of people like to say, you know, when you're using a strain, like, and you are, you're using something that is specialized in characteristics for that beer type. But it's still very different than what people were using a long, long time ago, right? Like things change, things evolve, you know, you can transfer genes horizontally in yeast. So it's very easy for there to be small changes. And it's kind of cool because it's cool because we're working with what we have now, but I don't know how far back some of those strains go. It'd be cool if like some monk somewhere had decided to freeze some and we found it one day. And right. Like, so cool. Because um, you can freeze yeast and then unfreeze it and it'll be fine. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. So it's called stocks. And so we make, we're constantly making stocks in my lab because um, when you change the conditions of, so I actually do, I don't do it. Sorry. My office mate, uh, Maurice does. When you make large amounts of bacteria, you use a fermenter. You actually grow it, fed batch fermentation or single batch. It can be different things. But, and when we find ones we like, like stuff that works really well for my project or works really well for so-and-so's project, we'll freeze a bunch of it so that we can start a culture. So, you know, we'll freeze a little bit and then grow it in a flask and then bring it up to the fermenter to get large batches next time. And that way we know it's genetically the same as what we originally had or close because you want those characteristics and so like um saccharomyces cerevisiae for hefeweizen has a gene that is specifically activated it's called pad one i can't remember what the full name of it is but the p is for phenol which gives that clove taste and so it's activated in that strain of saccharomyces cerevisiae wow to give you that clove taste which we love that is so cool because I've always wondered because a lot of times like with beers that we'll try sometimes people will be like oh yeah it's got that like this flavor and this flavor and I've always wondered like like do you actually put cloves in there are you actually doing no, that and it's just it's like the, the flavor That's, that is really really cool yeah and so you have you know there's kind of I was going to say one, then I was going to say two, then I was going to say three. There's kind of three <laughs> characteristics of these chemicals. First off, you have undesirables, right? You have things you don't want. Um, there's stuff called like higher alcohols, which so ethanol has two carbons. So if you have longer carbons stra- uh, chained alcohols, um, those aren't, they're okay in a small amount, but as you get higher and higher amounts, um, the taste can be almost like um, rubbing alcohol. Mm-hmm. It yeah. can be not desirable. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, I again, I don't think I've, I don't know that there's science on this, but it's talked wildly about in uh, the brewing world. But um, it's believed to cause nasty hangovers, Ooh. which higher alcohols are what you find in wine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe that's why people yeah. s- people say that wine gives you worse hangovers. Right. Maybe it's those. But there's stuff like that. Um, but Or acetylaldehyde, which has that like green apple. Or there was one I was just reading about that said it was old apple skins. I oh, can't remember Ooh. the chemical, but it's not good. Supposedly, oh. you want this. Yeah, but then you have desirables like phenols and isol, um, isol amyl acetate. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Other esters for sure, things that you want. Um, but then, again, you don't want them in 
certain quantities, certain mixtures. You want them to be balanced. And so you kind of have this range when you're making beer of what you're testing from. No, I don't want that. So a little bit is good. So I've gotten too much or maybe you want more. And so producing phenols and have a bison can sometimes be difficult. And so then you do things. And again, this is more science um, to where you start tinkering with stuff. So basically what I'm doing in the lab PhD project, I'm doing something and I'm changing the variables and seeing what happens until I find kind of that sweet spot, just where I want it. Just that's awesome. doing exactly how I want it. And that's something that Justin has been explaining to me a lot lately how, you know, he changes the temperature one degree, you know, very small differences, but one degree this way, that way. Do I get better phenol production? Do I get, you know, wow. better alcohol production? Does it does it go a little faster, but do I get more of these, you know, undesirable flavors? And it's, you know, these small variables that he's changing and keeping track of and really honing in why I think Queen's Vice is the best half of bison I've ever had. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> it is really great. Yeah, that's a really great one. Um, but it's cool kind of to see that kind of experimentation going on because it, it is. It's a lab. It's just one that you can drink stuff and not die, which is nice yeah. <laughs> to be awesome. a little more, you know. Yeah. But we still mask up when we open certain things because, you know, you don't want to breathe into something all sick. Or, you know, we have a cooler for loggers because they're um, – lower temperature yeah um and so we have a cooler out back the lager uh cooler and um there's a fan in there so like when we go in to open a beer you turn the fan off you put a mask on so there's still rules and regulations which is funny to see jeff and jamie come from because they work in a a chemistry lab so we laugh about how our two jobs both are like similar but very different in terms of certain aspects but that's awesome I, I also we, we came full circle like i think that's yeah. did i come back fantastic yeah. you did well, we literally <laughs> brought it all the way back around that's so cool uh, I, I can't wait till after we wrap up here for you to show us pictures yes. and we will take pictures and post them on the instagram so you all can follow along and see what we've been talking about thank you so much for doing this, this was thing. so much fun so much. You're fascinating. So cool. i could talk to you for 12 uh, hours we would like, like to definitely keep you as like our like official bitch beer scientist yay, so any questions we have like we would love to <laughs> Like, have you back on whenever you want. And, yeah, yeah that would be so much fun. I was having – um, I was, like, nervous earlier today. And, and people <laughs> kept being, like, you're fine. And not I'm not, like, trying to toot my own horn, but a, a friend of mine at school, uh, he was like, are you dealing with some imposter syndrome? And I was like, a little bit of imposter – have you all heard this? Thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. 100%. He was like, you're, it feels like you're having some imposter syndrome. I was like, what if I start talking and I don't really know what there's not enough to talk about? And I'm like, yeast. It's prokaryotic, which is wrong. And he's like, I don't think you're going to say that, first off. And he was like, second of all, you're a bad fucking bitch. Getting your PhD yeah. and no yeah. shit and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, yes. all, right, all right, I got this. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so thank you. You did great. So a plus plus. Oh. No. Because yeah, I still like grades because I'm in school. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. <sighs> Thanks, awesome. y'all. This thank was so you. Bye. Cool. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks, and we hope you'll join us. Cheers. Cheers.